0: on this Feelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Chubb and, and maybe Kareem Hunt? No, Ka- or not Kareem Hunt You anymore. think they're going to let him go?
1: I want them to let him go. They're not going to go. I need to let him go. You of course bet? not. No, I'm not going to bet. No, I, I'm not going to bet on the Browns doing the right thing. <laughs> I think I'm nuts. There is no gas leak down here. We've already established that. It's a new order, though.
0: A new world order. Yeah, Cleveland. sure it
1: is. New world order. I, the best tweet I saw on the Browns' new world order the other day with all the Harvard guys, Stefanski, Penn, yeah. Andrew Barry, Harvard, Dee Podesta, Harvard, is are the Browns' new uniforms Crimson. going to have pocket protectors? <laughs> yeah, that uh, new world order uh, for my Browns getting to a Super Bowl seems a little bit higher mountain now with Patrick Mahomes in the uh, yeah.
0: Why is he uh, sound so much better? Why is the open sound so much better? It doesn't sound like we're in a tunnel. What would you do? I don't know. Did you get technical help?
1: I wish I could give you a definitive answer. You pressed a,
0: a different button today. I did? It wow. sounded so much better. Okay, good. Well, I'm excited about that. Fantastic. Yeah, that I mean Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Here's my
1: thing. Okay Welcome I, to a Monday post Super Bowl Spielman Cooley really We Tackle Life podcast,
0: everyone. Um yeah, it's great to be here, actually, and after post Super Bowl and thinking about it last night and I was pouting Course, like sure, of course. Of course, that's how you maturely handle I actually
1: your inability uh to get to a super
0: Bowl. rode to Peloton for thirty one miles and took my dog on a nine mile what? baton death march <laughs> down by <laughs> down by the Sota River. I'm
1: glad you're here and I got blown to Kingdom Come. It was a windy day yesterday, man. Uh
0: and well, in the city it wasn't too bad. Out here in the plains, <laughs> yes, I can see why. It Out could here be. on the plains of Kansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> And as I was pouting and I was uh, looking, and I'm being completely honest, I mean, I'm looking at uh, Troy Aikman with envy, the sin of envy. I'm looking at uh, every player that's playing in that game with envy. Uh, Then I came to the realization that, well, you know, that's not in God's plan for me to be part of a Super Bowl, a legitimate part of it. I mean, I could be a fan, but who wants to be that? Who wants to go to a Super Bowl game? So, in my analysis, I came down to this, and I say this every week on every broadcast. Most NFL games, especially against evenly matched teams, mm-hmm. come down to 10 plays, 7 to 10 plays in the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. That theory did not disappoint. Nope. Here's the ball game. When Mahomes hits Tyreek Hill on 3rd and whatever it third was, 3rd and 15. 3rd and 15 and somebody is not deep as the deepest. Yeah. I thought corner. that the it's the corner's fault. Outside they, corner, they, not the not the safety's fault. The safety has deep middle. The corner jumped inside. Tyreek Hill broke it to the seven or to the flag, and Mahomes with a poorly thrown ball, but yet effective enough to get there under duress, makes the play. Now fast forward where San Francisco has a chance to make one of those seven to ten plays throughout a ball game that are mm-hmm. difference makers. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo misses Emmanuel Sanders when he gets behind the defense, and that's the ball game. That's the that ball game. is the ball game right there. Those two plays dictated the football game to me. That's it. That's it. And, uh, I, you know, for me, what Kansas City was able to do, come back from double-digit deficits against very good teams three times in the playoffs, is a remarkable statement of resilience Belief, trust, and confidence in Andy Reid, Eric bien and the guy on your screen right there is Patrick Mahomes.
1: You know, I uh, was not surprised that they came back uh, in their two previous playoff games. Their deficits were early. This was a late deficit, and it didn't feel like they had anything going on. And uh, before their comeback unfurled,
0: well, Mahomes uh, is playing bad.
1: He was playing bad. I mean, I tweeted and you can find it on my timeline. There's no reason to remove it. I said uh, you know, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, I tweeted if this continues as is, it'll be interesting to see whose reputation takes a bigger hit, Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid. We know the knock on Andy Reid is he can't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, well. This would be the first knock on Patrick Mahomes, but he was he was 15 of 24 for 136 yards. Yeah, with a minute to go in the third quarter. Yeah, and a, it was bad. I would throw in addition to the two plays you talked about, which are unquestionably the two plays that defined the game—the 39-yard uh, catch by Sammy Watkins down well, the right sideline that positioned them to score. That's
0: here's yeah. What the, I don't understand what Robert Sala was doing. They had a blitz from the top side. Okay, so look on your TV screen. So from the top of your TV, they had a pressure coming. Okay, why are you putting Richard Sherman? in one-on-one coverage. I love Robert Sala. I think he's a great coach. I just think think he made a mistake here because you can't ask a player to do what he's not capable of doing. Richard Sherman is not capable of playing man-to-man against Sammy Watkins. He's more than capable of playing off and for for the life of me, I don't know why they put I mean he is capable, Bruce, but what I mean by capable, Sammy Watkins is going to win seven out of those ten.
1: Yeah. And this was press coverage. He was yeah. right up that's on my him point. At the line. Yeah. Watkins made a move to the outside, got inside, and then veered back out. Yeah, I thought Mahomes he actually right yeah, he,
0: yeah, he yeah, he he did a great job of adjusting his route. But I Mahomes had that's it's identifying matchups and recognizing the matchups. Saw the blitz coming from the top side. The deep, the offensive line slid to the blitz. They were they able to pick up the blitz, and Mahomes Mahomes delivers the strike to to Watkins. And so it was a great game. I really enjoyed the game. I uh, I am uh, I feel bad for the 49ers. I told you uh, a guy to watch, and I thought he played his rear end off. Was Fred Warner, number fifty four. Yeah. I thought Nick Nick Bosa. Was tremendous. He was. He was. Uh, just disruptive. Um, I love the fact that he had the, the body control to knock the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Just all these little things, right, that yep. add up. Making yep. 7 to 10 plays. The fact that Mahomes was able to recover that fumble and the 49ers didn't fall on Big it. You play. think about all Big those things play. that happened. And the other thing I want to say about my company, Fox, I thought the uh, the opening was Awesome the uh two things i thought the rock interview mm-hmm. introducing <laughs> he's so good yeah, i mean i'm a big fan of Dwayne I johnson yeah, i, I just too. think he's his personality and in the eyebrow eyebrow arts i thought that was really cool then i thought what how they did it and i know the guy that put this together I actually worked with him his name is pt navarro he did a tremendous job with that kid running through the city. Oh my goodness, that I, was
1: fantastic. I mean,
0: that's so good It's so creative. I was watching it at a
1: party and as the co- as the commercial played, it was an extended commercial. Yeah. And then people in the room picked up on the fact they're like, "Wait a minute, is that kid going to run on the field with a ball?" Yeah. And it was really cool. I was
0: over man. at my brother-in-law's house and it was funny. There was man, this commercial is long and it was it was it was so well done yeah, well, and uh I thought the the broadcast was was really good. Really good, solid. Solid.
1: Yeah, I thought it was uh you know, an unfortunate commentary by the NFL that the kid in the Browns jersey fell on
0: his face when he ran out there on the field.
1: <laughs>
0: kidding! <laughs> just kidding. Hey, what? I don't understand why... All right, I didn't get your thoughts. I yeah. mean, I just spewed everything. I, it, You know, it comes down to little plays, yeah. like we always say. And and I'm telling you, folks, from now on, when you watch an NFL game, and most of them are even matchups, we, we get that. Anything mm-hmm. can happen any given week, just... You know, watch the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter to be sure. Then mark down key plays that happened throughout a game. And you know, I mean, for me, instinctively, I know when a play was happening. Like, I go back to the national championship game. Yep. And when J.K. Dobbins got tripped up from behind, yep. which I've never seen, and I thought to myself, mm! uh, especially, yeah. after didn't, especially after it they got it, the field goal. Yeah, it didn't go into to, to six points. Yeah. And it turned into a field goal, so it's just it's kind of fun to watch a game like that and to mark it down. So anyway, yeah. it was it was it was good, great game, and I love the NFL, and I'm proud to be a part of Fox, and proud to be a part of the NFL, even though it caused me probably my second most miserable day of the year. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Yes, <laughs> a quirk of my personality is that I, uh,
1: from covering games, you know, over the years, is I always, when it ends, think about the plays that other people aren't going to think about those that you pointed out are definitely the headliners and they're the ones that swung the momentum and they're the ones that decided it but there're always you know a, a series of other things that either happen or don't happen that are close to happening or not happening mm-hmm. and i want to give andy reed credit he didn't coach scared you know early in the game where mahomes ran fourth it down downs. there and the ball got knocked out and they the first down became a fourth and, fourth one. and one he went for, he went for it he didn't say oh you know maybe we better get a field goal here man that was big I thought he had some nice – Andy Reid had some nice wrinkle plays to convert uh, short yardage. They went for it on fourth down another time and got it. Uh, and then the other thing I would say on the play you talked about, no question the biggest play in the game, the third and 15 completion to Tyreek Hill, uh, Nick Bosa got held big time. Yeah. I uh, believe it was by Mitchell Schwartz, but the deal was they weren't calling hold. No, they the let game. you play. I, I don't mean... think they called a holding penalty. The entire game, an which offensive is, holding penalty, which is how many NFL games would I that be? I'd love to see a number on that. If that's yeah, the first game all year, there's never point. been an offensive holding call. So there, if they call that, now it's third and 25, yeah. six minutes to go in the game. There's still time. But it's a lot more of a difficult well, comeback. For another City.
0: another key play was the OPI right against George yeah, Kittle George towards George the Kittle. second half. Yeah, or right, right end at of the end, first right half, at the end of the first half, which was the right call. That was the right call. He I don't like an it advantage. Yeah, but it was the right call, and I uh, am a big, huge fan of Kyle Shanahan, as pointed out. Yeah, I don't know what was going on. At the end of the first half, 127 to go, all three timeouts. That's an eternity. He let the Chiefs
1: just run it down?
0: That's that's an eternity. Now, I, I think the mindset was, well, we're going to get the ball in the, to start the second half. We want to shorten the game, right? No, I, I think that's,
1: I'm maybe, not positive Jimmy Garoppolo I can trust to not make well, a that, mistake.
0: I think that's also, yep. that went into it, which yeah. I thought Garoppolo in the third quarter was lights out, okay. you know? And for me... I don't understand that. I I was sitting there watching this, and I'm trying to think of an because I naturally defend Kyle Shanahan. I couldn't defend him on that. I mean, I have not been to an NFL game, and I've been to one every single week for the last four years. I have not been in the NFL game where there's 127 left on the clock with all three timeouts and we're sitting on it.
1: Let me give you another instance. Late in the game, after the Chiefs go ahead, 24-20, the San Francisco 49ers get the ball at their own 15-yard line with 2.39 left in the game, okay? So they got plenty of time, and they have three timeouts. They got off one play before the
0: two-minute warning.
1: One play, and it was a nice play. How many timeouts It was a
0: three. I, I don't have a problem with that. Fifteen I don't yard have run by it. Raheem yeah. Mostert. I don't I didn't have a problem with that. Again, two timeouts or three timeouts in two minutes. You got all the time in the world. I I, I don't have a problem with that as much as I did the first half. I get your point. I think we can argue that and
1: anyway. they ran a, Mostert got seventeen yeah. yards and they huddled. Yeah. And I'm like, they're huddling?
0: Like what? I mean, they hear
1: at their own thirty.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, they needed
1: I, a touchdown. They didn't need a field goal.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I still think, you know, with two minutes to go and three timeouts, I, I understand your point. I, I didn't have a biggest problem with that. I did have a problem uh, sitting on it at the end of the first half with three timeouts and 127, which in the NFL is, you know, 50 seconds and three timeouts because right. they more than enough more time. More than enough
1: time. Okay, the other thing that Kyle Shanahan will take a hit on because when the Falcons were ahead of the Patriots – to You and I talked about this. I think, were we at the zone then? Or I I think we must have been at the zone then. We've referenced it when we were at the zone. The Falcons stopped running the ball. Uh, They didn't run the ball enough. They didn't uh, exhaust enough of the clock. They gave Brady time, and that's a bad idea. So against the Chiefs, the Niners handed the ball to a running back in this game 17 times. 17 times. Now, Garoppolo had good numbers. And uh, you know, twenty of thirty-one, and he was a lot better than that. He was like eighteen of twenty-two at one point. But the he, Kyle Shanahan will take heat and is taking heat and did take heat, uh, heat on Twitter last night for not running the ball enough. Did you feel watching it that they were not running the ball enough?
0: I didn't actually. I didn't have that feeling I thought what they could have done was what was very effective was utilize their play action and I thought they got away from the play action if they were going to throw it. Uh, so.
1: Chris Jones had some big knockdowns of yeah, some play yeah. action I passes. Mean, so and, there again there's yeah. a play. Nobody's gonna talk about oh it's a bad pass I mean on the stat sheet it's incomplete. It's, no the, it's a huge play. The, the
0: Super Bowl is much like obviously because game seven of a World yeah. Series where every pitch counts right every foul ball every inch everything can make a difference and you reference chris jones you're right making some huge plays with block shots at the line of scrimmage and that's just being a smart football player you're not getting penetration you know you see that quarterback throw up rise early you know that that's a 10 to 12 yard route because of depth of the quarterback and the timing of the route uh i mean obviously you can sit here and second guess i i still maintain that uh, I put, uh, I'll put i put it on Kyle because Kyle, being the head coach, is going to take the heat because it didn't work out the way they wanted it to work out. But on that Super Bowl with Atlanta, that's on the head coach. I agree with you. I agree, uh, And that's always on the head coach.
1: Although I think a coordinator can say, hey, coach, we got the lead. We, we need to run the football.
0: I, I don't care. But, I mean, yeah. Shanahan's
1: calling the plays. So, I mean, he's not the – He's the problem there. Quinn's right. got to be the one to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, we got to run it." That's well. That's yeah. that's
0: what I mean. That's why he's the head coach and yeah. not the coordinator. So, I, I I can see. I mean, you can make arguments both ways, Bruce. I think they got away from their play action a little bit, but they had that opportunity still with all that. Where you can't miss. I mean, you can go back and forth about running the ball, this that. But when you had that Emmanuel Sanders behind the seat, you don't miss that. You no, can't he miss missed
1: it. And he missed it by a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was way long. Uh, here's Kyle Shanahan. Seven drives offensively. Offensive coordinator, Atlanta Falcons. Head coach, San Francisco 49ers with uh, seemingly comfortable leads in the Super Bowl. 28-3 on the Patriots and 20-10 on the Chiefs. Seven drives. And here's how they played out. Three plays fumble. Six plays punt. Four plays punt. Five plays punt. Three plays punt, seven plays turnover on downs, mm-hmm. two plays interception, and you've said, and I don't dispute it, he's the best play caller in the NFL. But that's at crunch time, a, a I, tough. That's the stats. Tough resume. Yeah,
0: that's the stats. That's the, that that those are the stats. And I, I will also say that he's not out there running the plays either. No, he's
1: not. That's and, right.
0: And no. I will also, say, I mean, so it's you know if they're able to run the ball and they don't get it, I, I mean, it's, you know, you got to go by field. Look, I I just think they they had that little bootleg the use check that was working all night. You know, that's hard to cover. Mm-hmm. As Troy said, there's nobody in the league, I don't know if it was Troy or, or Joe, but there's nobody in the league that sells it as well as it makes more difficult on the defense than the 49ers. Some teams are easy to read play action. Some teams are difficult. You know, and, and Kyle's going to take the, the heat for it. That's that's a questionable call. Just like Robert Sala putting Richard Sherman in man-to-man press coverage on Sammy Watkins when you're bringing pressure from the uh, top side. You know, and Richard Sherman, who normally his best strength is his strength, and if he's going to get press, he's got to be able to get hands and be physical with him. He did not. And Watkins won the one-on-one battle. I don't know if I put Richard Sherman in that position, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. I really don't think i put him in there. He's not my best man-to-man cover guy. Uh, Niners
1: will have the next to last pick in the first round. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they take a corner at that spot because Richard Sherman still has productive time left, but he does have some limitations. Yeah,
0: there. well, I mean, they're, and... Corners are going to. Uh, there might be what five. I know they're going to be probably five or six offensive linemen taken in the first round. Real fast, yeah. I top, hopefully top,
1: fifth, top half of the draft. I
0: think. Yeah. So anyway, what about the halftime show? What do you think? Uh, I, I know you want to get into it. No, uh, I
1: really. I I did go back and watch it on DVR because I thought you might bring it up and. Uh, look, I understand uh, why it's popular. Um, it's just, I. I, I would I, in my humanness, could I watch it and, and uh, you know, invest in watching it? Yeah, but I know it's not appropriate for me to do that. And mm-hmm. so uh, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to watch the halftime show. I started watching that, and I'm like, okay, I got the gist of it. It's like, you know, scantily clad, very attractive women writhing around, simulating, you know, stimulating men's minds to go to a place that, you know, a married man's mind <laughs> shouldn't go unless it concerns his wife. So that's my prudish view it's of it i'm not man, a i'm not a i get and and here's a, and here's the politically incorrect part i get it's miami and i get it's like you know latin culture It's latin the, culture and Jennifer all that kind of stuff but i'm Shakira like could i get colombian I could believe. i get subtitles with the super bowl halftime show please so i can understand what they're singing you know at the, yeah, wor- at the yeah. world cup or is brad paisley gonna play the world cup
0: yeah is toby yeah. keith
1: gonna play the world cup like i mean yeah. it's in a Football's an American game. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with celebrating America. Right. Well, at the don't Super you Bowl. think they
0: celebrated America? I, I Look, I thought the gospel singer that sang America the Beautiful was almost brought true tears confession.
1: To my- I was at a, a party where I didn't see some of the beginning okay, stuff, so, so I'll yield to you on so that. So then
0: you know they had a gospel singer. I did America, not know that. America, That's great to hear. Beautiful. Fantastic. Tremendous. And I and heard uh, Alicia
1: Keys did a great job with the anthem.
0: Well, if she would have performed it, I'm sure she would have done a great well, who job. Did it? But I believe it was Demi Lovato. Demi but, Lovato. Alicia but uh, Keys, Alicia Keys, Demi Lovato, yeah. Potato,
1: Lovato, potato, yeah. Lovato
0: whatever. Uh, was tremendous. Even though <laughs> Beyonce and Jay Z, of course, chose to take a seat at that time. Oh boy, you didn't see that. No, I didn't what's see the matter it. with you? I'm, you, saying I'm I at would, a
1: Super Bowl party. And I you mean, know, how do you like that? I right? can't. I didn't have control of the remote. I can't control when they turn the TV on. Beyonce and
0: well, well, yes, you can. No. Just say, turn the TV on.
1: No. What? It was a Sunday night Bible study thing. So we, so, just, I, I mean, so we did the right. Bible study first, and they were going to turn the TV on at kickoff.
0: Oh, so, man. you know. Okay. So, what I mean, right, which, look, if they want to take a seat during the anthem, that's, uh, is, I believe. Did Fox you, show that? No, it was on Twitter. Good and job, said, Fox. Yeah, they're not going to celebrate that, I don't think. Um,
1: uh, and I'll say this. Let's put a moratorium on political ads during the Super Bowl.
0: Both I don't sides. care I
1: don't care which side. Okay. I didn't like the fact that Trump had an ad in there. I didn't like no. There's no political ads in the Super Bowl. Okay. Can we have four hours without anything?
0: Especially in an election year.
1: Yeah. Like I mean the tone of some of the commercials is divisive enough. And they're slipping their little messages in. I get it. I can't mm-hmm. di- I can't divorce myself from that. But can we put a moratorium on Super Bowl ads? Yeah. If I had my choice, and a lot of people say, hey, I'll play a Super Bowl on Saturday so people can party all night and sleep in. I'd rather have no Super Bowl ads than have the Super Bowl on Saturday. And I think a Super Bowl on Saturday two weeks out is a good idea.
0: I'm more for uh, national holiday okay. on Monday.
1: National holiday on Monday. But the yes. game's over.
0: I know, but, you know the but national holiday off.
1: ought to be on the day the game is played, like yeah. the Saturday. But I don't think we have any holidays
0: on Saturday. But I, I want to go fourth back to the day. halftime show. Yeah, it's interesting. And this, I mean, can going from a topic where you said it can lead a man's mind to
1: and a little bull. I mean, we got we're supposed. Can the Super Bowl just be viewer friendly for all age groups?
0: Right. For the halftime show. Yeah. It, but I just want to say, I mean. I'm sitting there, and Shakira. I go, well, "How old is she? Like 25? She's 43 years old." Yeah. Then I saw Jennifer Lopez. How yeah. old is she? She's 50 years 50 old. Fifty some
1: years. Yeah, fifty. 50. She's nice. fifty. Fifty. Good job, J Lo.
0: But here's the thing that I think about. I kept thinking, "What are their workout programs?" Yeah, I know. I, I, I figured. <laughs> yeah. Know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Well, they got nutritionists <laughs> and everything.
0: Huh? So get- I, I, so I didn't think like I didn't look at it as from. Uh, a sexual point of view, yeah. I, I looked, no, I'm being, I looked at, I wonder what she, you, you know, workout wise, and, you know, I wonder the rehearsal, Uh, how hard they worked with that, and the, and this is my mindset, where I go, right, and I'm not thinking about the sexual innuendo, or, or whatever, and I get it for the kids, you don't want to see kids, and I know that my mind doesn't think like, a. I have other right. struggles where, yeah, Sexual temptation with other women is not an issue with me. Yeah, a normal it, thing. If I mean, but I get I get what you're saying. But I guess my point is is I look at them and you've heard me say this before. I I have such admiration for people with talent. Yeah, right. And I think they're so talented, and I wonder what their mindset is like before they go on stage and. Or, you know, do they do visualization? So I wonder if they look at it like an athlete. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that, so that was my mindset. It's and, great. And I asked Carrie about it because I was at, uh, she was at home uh, when the girls wasn't feeling well. So when I came home, I said, well, what do you think of the Super Bowl show? And she was like, how awesome Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. or what was is it, Jennifer Lopez? Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez and what great shape she was in so she has that same mindset i said well a lot of people were ticked off because it wasn't family friendly and she says well i can see that and you know if my if i were sitting here with my mom and dad watching it i would feel uncomfortable but i i just don't see that i don't know why i don't see that i just the stripper poles didn't take you there no it doesn't i, I mean i just I get, thought what you i just say. thought but i just thought it was like the prop or i need this to do yeah. the dance moves or yeah. whatever I, I maybe i'm i
1: just no, you're fine. And, I. And again, it's not – I don't sit there. I can sit there and watch it, and I can get. It's a tribute to Latin culture, and it's – you know, we can celebrate their physical fitness levels and their enormous talent levels and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying um, the Super Bowl, I think, should strive to be uh, unoffensive, I would say.
0: That's impossible in well, today's society. That is impossible. I don't think and-
1: it's impossible – to the degree that it could have been dialed back a little bit. Uh, now, what I, I had another thought on it that um, I, can, I have lost here as, uh, as I was responding to your last comment. But it was, you know, it's okay. I get it. I understand it. I know they're trying to go right up to the edge. But here's the thing. If we get another wardrobe malfunction, then the NFL can't be like, oh, gee, you know, we're really sorry. I mean, when you're going – to this degree, to be provocative and close to the line, when you make an effort to get close to the line, you're eventually going to go over the line. It's yeah. like shock jocks on the radio. When they try to be more and more and more provocative every single day, eventually they're going to, you know, I'm going to I'm going to tiptoe through the minefield. Well, okay, tiptoe through the minefield. That's entertaining until you step on a mine. And then you're going to step on a mine. I'd be curious to know. podcast at gmail.com. We have a few women, I'm sure, who listen to this podcast, predominantly men, but I'm sure we have women. listens to it. I would like for women to email the show and tell me what you thought of the Super Bowl halftime. If you're a woman sitting there watching the Super Bowl halftime show, what are you thinking? Because here's, I know what my thought was. In this era, what are we about? Girl power. Girls can do anything. Uh, female empowerment, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Female kickers, female football yeah, female teams. female everything. Yeah. We got
1: female football teams. We got, oh, we're celebrating the San Francisco 49ers. Look at this. They got a woman, we got a, a female assistant coach. Look at the Cleveland Browns, it's Kevin Stefanski's. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay
0: Buccaneers have a female. They're, yeah, team. they're gonna
1: have. yo, know, Kevin Stefanski has his top, top, uh, his uh, person like his right hand. It's not a man. It's a woman. It's right. right hand woman. The person who does what Kevin Stefanski did. Rick with the has Vikings one in the scouting country.
0: department that is excellent.
1: Right. So that's how you know women can do anything. Right. That's our message. But in 2020, if you what what are we coming? Is that a female? And what I watched. Women in their underwear writhing around simulating sex acts with ropes and stripper poles. Is that, I'm asking, is that a female empowerment message? Because that feels like a Playboy Club Hugh Hefner, Mm -hmm. 1950s-ish, hey girls, this is how you succeed in the entertainment world message to me. Well,
0: I think certainly the message was from one extreme to the other, right? Right. Okay, empower- i buy that. And- I'm
1: asking women how they feel about that. Like, this is how you appeal to men, not on the basis of your intellect, not on the basis of you can do any job, even a football coach mm. or whatever. But, you know, know, hey, if you really want to go there, like, let's surround the stage with like a hundred women in their underwear, writhing around, and all that stuff. I'm just saying, I want to know how women think about that. So, SpielmanHooliePodcast yeah. at gmail.com.
0: I don't think uh, most of them. I don't think most of them are. Fa- I think they think of it like, uh, I'll just take Carrie. in. Okay, her- so then
1: why is it wrong if that's going to be put out there? Well, why is it wrong for uh, someone to say to a woman in an office, "Hey, you look nice today. You have uh, that. That's that. That you know, you look nice today. That's that's." harassment
0: well because you have to know the rules that you're under in the atmosphere that you're in the I'm, not, I'm not stupid I'm not the rules that doesn't stupid. matter the, of course rules are stupid a lot of rules are stupid it doesn't matter they're still the rules you understand yeah, the rules I get it if you're performing a musical concert and you're celebrating Latin culture uh, you're going to get provocative dancing and provocative in wardrobe. Your underwear. If you're going Apparently to an Latins office, they're very building, warm, they can't wear clothes. You can't say anything. We yeah. all know the rules yeah, that we I play know. under. I'm just saying I'm pointing out the absurdity of the okay. double standard on the rules. Yes, there is an absurdity and yeah. double standard. And it doesn't matter. We can't change them. You gotta learn to live with them. Yes. It's just like going back to the game. If you know as an offensive lineman they're not calling holding, you're going to hold. Way you to know go. the rules. Way to
1: go, Mitchell Schwartz. I hope Nick Bosa doesn't – I hope Nick Bosa's windpipe isn't crushed by that hammer lock you well, put on you him. you know, and there
0: flag. were a couple shots to the head, too, that yeah. weren't called. Yeah, I noticed that. Nick's got his hand up around Patrick They called Mullen's that head. game. They officiated that game like they did 10 years ago. You know, I thought They when, weren't going to make a stupid – one of those stupid yeah. new NFL – not stupid. Yeah. I, it's not stupid. One of those protective. Yeah, they weren't going to let right. a protective rule dictate that game. If, that was clear. That was and clear. I was and happy. I, and I like it. And I the think players, it was great. And I they think let, the
1: players appreciated that. They let the players decide the game. Yeah. When I saw the replay of Garoppolo on 4th and 10 going down where he shoveled that pass out there, I thought, oh, my goodness, are they going to, like, flag the Chiefs for a blow to the head and give the Niners a first down,
0: can't do that because it wasn't, it didn't uh, dictate the game. It, yeah. Not, not in the Super but, Bowl. But I mean, you know, there was contact. Yeah, I know. They could have easily called it yeah. by by letter of the law. That was a foul, and I don't think. Now, maybe I missed it, but I don't think Troy and Fox even did they bring it up. They didn't. And then the other
1: one, Garoppolo threw incomplete on a third and ten, where he overthrew the guy, but he overthrew the guy because he got a lot of pressure from somebody on a late blitz, and he yeah. took a big shot
0: to the round of neck.
1: It was close, but, you know, I have seen that call in the regular yeah. season. I'm glad they officiated the game the way they did. Abs- absolutely. Not as glad, however, as I am that the Buckeyes took the measure of the candy pants Hoosers on Saturday. It's apparently a thing, Spiels, as you can find evidence on Instagram, uh, that grown men wear candy-pants warm-up pants from... Bloomington. They get up in the morning. They go to their closet. They pull out a pair of candy pants warm ups. They put them on. They drive 200 miles, 260 miles from Bloomington to Columbus, and they willingly walk around the concourse of IU City Arena in aforementioned candy pants warm
0: ups. I love it. Grown men. Tradition. (laughs) IU basketball. And then they have a tradition like none other. 260 miles. Just like the Masters.
1: Drive of shame back to Bloomington (laughs) in their candy pants.
0: Uh, What's that between the difference of an Ohio State person driving 300 miles to Indiana with his face painted?
1: Well, it's funny. You know, I went up. My wife and and daughters attended the game Saturday. Thank you to my uh, very dear friend Roy for uh, allowing uh, them to do that with his tickets. So I was up there talking to them, and I saw the dude on the concourse with the candy pants on, so I put it on Instagram. And then I'm walking back, like kind of chortling to myself about mm-hmm. this, and I look over to my left. Two rows off the court sits one of the face-painted, head-to-toe outfitted, one, two, three, look-at-me Buckeye fans who, you know, oh, yeah. does... He's one of the the infamous ones, I would say, along with Buckeye guy. And I don't know what this – I think this guy's big nut. I saw him over there, and I'm like, okay, I guess I got no room to talk.
0: Yeah. I mean, what it is what it is. So. Yeah. But I thought, uh, boy, it was different. I, I didn't watch in full confession. I watched a lot of the game. I didn't watch mm-hmm. um, all of it. I thought they were much more aggressive. I thought Caleb Wesson early on was involved there was a con- He moved th- back in the post. I think there was yes. an effort to actually get him the ball inside. Uh, I thought he moved better. Uh they shot the ball better as a team and Arns came Arns, excuse me, Arns came off and had a, was a difference maker yep. which he needs to be for this team to go and it was a must win in my eyes. I don't know in your eyes. I thought it, it was must, a must win. It was win. an absolute must. And and they and it looked good and it almost looks like Okay, maybe they're out of their funk, you know. Well, I'm not gonna I think CJ Walker's yet. playing a little bit better too, so.
1: Here's the thing, when the DJ Walk DJ Carton absence occurred on Thursday night, I think everybody on the team has to say, "All right, what can I do?" And CJ Walker in his first opportunity to rise to the occasion and play like the steady hand at the point that they need, he did that. He was very good. He had four assists, two turnovers, and 14 points. I thought yeah. he was uh, aggressive enough, uh, not overly aggressive. Uh, They did get the ball inside, not just with Caleb Wesson, but with their guards. They did a nice job attacking. Uh, I don't need to see Luther Muhammad shoot five threes, but, uh, you know. And Dwayne Washington, I think, was 0 for 5. So Muhammad and Washington were 1 for 10, and they still won because if Arnes makes three threes, they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah. They just are. So that was nice. Uh, But after the game, it was all about Chris Holtman's opening statement, uh, expressing his support for D.J. Carton. Mm Mm-hmm. He thanked the fans for being overwhelmingly supportive of the matter. But he did note that uh, he and Carton had received some pushback related to uh, Carton being soft for leaving the team for attend uh, to his mental health or quitting on the team. And so from at, who? Well, on you know, social media, everybody can get to everybody so these what? days. Yeah. So uh, I noted to Chris Holtman that, you know, you've acknowledged that everybody is overwhelmingly supportive. But there must have been more than just one random knucklehead presenting the other side, and I asked him to uh, address that and why he uh, why he brought it up. I just think, listen, criticize our program, me for whatever X and O you want to. You're entitled to that. Uh, I think this is idiotic thinking. It's my opinion. I think, or listen, if that's your thinking. That's fine. We're guilty of it. We're going to support this kid. Um, we believe that's the
0: best thing to do. was um, that you typing? makes me
1: angry. Yeah, I got to stop typing
0: during <laughs> press
1: conferences. I mean, Adam Jardy sits right next to me from the dispatch, and Adam types. I don't know, like, why my keyboard is so loud. My wife said, because you stand on it, you know? And I'm like, okay, but that's the only way I know how to type. So I'm going to have to stop typing during.
0: Was that you it typing? It was me. It was me. It that's was me. so annoying.
1: I know it. It annoys why me. Why don't you do I'm
0: shorthand? Sorry. You learned shorthand in journalism school? Why don't you write just, your notes down, then do it?
1: Because you can type faster than you can do shorthand. It's like the ball in basketball oh, moves I didn't faster tell than the man,
0: thing. That's just so annoying.
1: It is annoying. I, I, I don't even know what he said
0: people. because I can't get that typing out of my head. I'm sorry. It reminded it, 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 it's PDS typing uh disorder from back at the fan days. I don't, th- yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will not, I promise you I will not be Gregory Hines on my keyboard. Okay. From now Thank on. You. Wow. I will do uh, shorthand or something much quieter than that. Uh, so I don't know that I was typing during this answer. This is personal for Chris Holtman because, if you don't know the story, he was an, he was the head coach at Gardner-Webb in North Carolina. I believe North Carolina is where Gardner-Webb is. He came to Butler as Brandon Miller's assistant coach. Brandon Miller had two stints at Ohio State as tha- as an assistant coach under Thad. Right. Brandon Miller once left Ohio State because he wanted more balance in his life. He said, "I want to be. I don't want to miss my kids' baseball games. And I don't want to miss this." Then Brandon returned to coaching, and Brandon eventually became the head coach at Butler. He coached one full season. Then he hired Chris Holtman. Well, I think Holtman was there for his first season, and then prior to his second season, Brandon Miller took a leave of absence from Butler. Um, it was said a medical leave. It was it was yeah. mental health related, and so. Brandon Miller is who I believe Chris Holtman is talking about here uh, when he talks about why he is so staunchly supportive of DJ Carton. I've seen it. I think what has helped me in some ways, maybe in terms of being more compassionate, is, and I don't want to get into specifics here, but I've seen it firsthand with a close friend and someone I work with. Like that's I've seen it. It's real. And uh, I think it's helped inform some of my decisions when it comes to our players. Yeah, I try to type quieter. You better. Uh, no more typing, Bruce.
0: One thing I, th- I think we both learned over the years, I-, I know that I've learned ever since doing radio slash podcasts and that I've gotten better and improved and actually improved as a person too. Before I make a comment on, uh, I try to make sure that I'm educated Before I make a comment, I don't know what D.J. Carton's situation is. I don't have any information. I don't have any reason to believe that uh, Ohio State doesn't have that kid's best interest at heart, um, mentally and physically. In fact, they do. Uh, It's been my experience as a a player there and, and being part of the program or part of the university for all these years. They're always going to put the player First, most NFL teams are going to put the player's health mm-hmm. first. That's why I've been. It's interesting. Twenty years ago, or whenever we first started doing radio, however long ago that it was, uh, we would have both. I would have got on the, the the broadcast and ripped Antonio Brown to n- no end, right? But I I can't do that now because I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm with Antonio Brown. I mean, obviously he's making poor decisions is it is. It, and it's just, I think we're all as a society, much more educated about mental health issues yep. and to be, and to be a, a, aware and alert. And, and so I hope whatever is nagging or bothering or intruding on DJ Carton, that is a young guy who is, you know, I have kids his age that, he gets the help that he needs, and it sounds like I, I thought I read a tweet or an Instagram post from his mother, yes. that he's going to be okay and he's going to be back in a Buckeye uniform, which is, you know, that's that's nice, that's great, but uh, obviously, uh, and life experiences have taught me, you know, <laughs> let's just get back to being healthy, and then we'll figure out where we go from there.
1: Yeah, and if you are struggling, get get help. People, there are people who love you, care about you. I I think suicide is such a sad sad thing for someone to think that there's no hope right. at all. No one cares and all that. And that's just not true. There are people who care. So I applaud DJ for doing this. Um, and I certainly hope he's back, but I certainly hope he uh, finds the peace and the ba- the balance and yep. all the things that he needs. And I, Ooh. you know, uh, let me say about Gene Smith, and I'm not the biggest Gene Smith fan in the mm-hmm. world. Uh, when Chris Holtman called Gene Smith, I want to make sure I note that Gene Smith's first response to Chris Holtman was, what can we do to help this young? Yeah, man? I mean, well, and that's, that's and yeah. that's kudos to Gene on that.
0: And, and Gene's been like that ever yeah. since he's been at Ohio State, yeah. and because and part of it is because Gene is a former player, so yeah. he understands uh, and can relate to players and the struggles that they may have.
1: Yes, all right, we got uh, a couple reviews. We want to thank you for reviewing us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. This one comes from Bradley. He says, uh, listening in Pittsburgh. Depending on you guys to provide clarity on faith and on our Browns. Always love visiting the Columbus Zoo with my family. Keep up the great work. Hope it continues. Uh, From Sean, he says, uh, the headline on the review is just what I needed. Hey, guys, discovered the podcast in December while looking for Buckeye coverage. I wasn't aware of the face segment when I started listening, but it quickly turned into my favorite part of the show. Keep up the great work. P.S. Is there any way you can include more Bengals coverage for your listeners in Southwestern Ohio?
0: The Bengals are now on the clock.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as the Bengals become more involved in in Mm. the news, and (laughs) um, yeah, we're not, we will not ignore the Bengals for sure. And as they get Joe Burrow, I think the Bengals become a story for us. And, um, and so yes, I you think you got to earn your way on this podcast. The, the,
0: unfortunately, the Browns earn their way on this podcast oh, do. for all the wrong not reasons, enough. and we and Amen. we will uh, maybe on not today, but I think on uh, Wednesday address the Baker Mayfield interview with ESPN, yep. and yep. I want to get into that. Uh, I want, but I do want to give it time, so we'll wait till Wednesday before we get into that. Yeah, and
1: I'm I'm going to get the opportunity to talk to Chris Holtman today, and I want to ask him about this proposal by the Big Ten to do what we said. Uh, Earlier in the year, and that is give every player in the Big Ten a one-time waiver. Saying that for
0: ten years, yeah,
1: every time one everybody can transfer once. I think it's a deep discussion for us because I think it has a different impact on football than it has on basketball, and so I want to oh, get I, I want to get Coach Holtman's uh, view on that. I think basketball becomes game changer like free basketball. Agency. Yeah. Uh, so here's a f- uh, final new review of the day from Stubba Dubba Stubba Bubba. Great show, tremendous podcast, great insight in sports, followed by thoughtful, inspirational commentary on faith. Keep up the outstanding work, brothers. Now listen, you can rip us, and we'll read your review. We read three good ones, and we like good reviews, but we read them all. So if you want to get your name on the podcast, and you want to rip us, um, I'm not encouraging you to rip us, but I'm saying, what are you asking? I'm just saying we're not afraid to read critical reviews because honestly, they sometimes make uh,
0: great content. Well, the uh, yeah and well, and the other thing is that if you are critical or suggestion you don't have to be like uh, don't be, have to be nasty, that just say, hey, you know what, why, ask why, and it makes us think and certainly won't respond in a. I want to punch you in the face type of manner, but respond hopefully in a, in a good way.
1: Uh, lots of emails today, too. Here's uh, Chris in Houston, Texas. He says, usually when tragedy strikes, sports shows mention how little sports means in the grand scheme of things, but return to talking sports as soon as possible. So it's refreshing to find your podcast, which does a quality analysis of sports and includes a genuine discussion of the most important things in life as viewed from a lens of faith. I've been listening to you both since you were at the fan, and this is the best version of your show yet. I'm Good. He says, I'm sorry to hear sponsorships have been a struggle. You're sorry. <laughs> he says, I'm not a business owner and not in central Ohio, so there's nothing I can do to help with sponsoring the show oh, or engaging with your mm-hmm. sponsors so far. Is there a way I can donate so that uh, myself and others can do my part to ensure that you are able to continue the entertaining and important podcast? You know, there are avenues for that. Um, and I just there's like a thing called a tip jar, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know how Chris would feel about no. like having people contribute to the podcast. No. there's a it's it's very common in the podcast. I don't world. care. Okay, so all right, Chris you can do no.
0: put. Well, you can do it. I don't want to do it. Okay, keep it. You keep it. All right, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I I look. I think Lori. Get I, your fans to. Or just get your buddies to listen to and, and what's, I don't even know what helps. What helps? Review? Subscribe and review. Yeah. Subscribe, Subscribe and review. Subscribe you and review. Get your buddies. And, yeah. But try, he's in Houston, send, so he's got so a bunch what? of, yeah, a bunch of Astro
1: fans and, you know, Texan fans. So they're not probably going to want to listen to a Buckeye. Okay. Podcast. Go ahead. Uh, this is from Martin. And Martin, true confession, was the winner of the uh, premiere at Sawmill nice, Athletic Martin. Club one year. And he was thrilled. Oh, he's talking about it here in the email. Uh, and we read the emails live on the air, we don't, we don't screen them. Uh, he says this is Martin's email. First off, Joe in Nashville's email from Wednesday made me choke up. I'm so happy it got to you when you seem to need it most, Bruce. Yeah, we were talking about uh, why are we doing this? And then we got the Joe in Nashville and he told us that the faith segment meant a lot and got him back in the mm-hmm. word. And that was very um, Fulfilling to us. Mm-hmm. He says, I started our premiere at Sawmill membership last week. Thank you again. Great place and great people. It's a perfect place for me to work out and actually to hang out with my family. We work out, play basketball, pickleball, and swim. Nice. On a related note, I love the 6,000 mile challenge, Chris. Oh, sure. You are insane. See, I told you. But I love the drive and determination. Starting at the age of 70, 10 years ago, my father-in-law has a goal of biking 3,500 miles a year. Good for him. He's exceeded it each year until last year. Unfortunately, my mother-in-law had a stroke last year, so he spent a lot of time caring for her. Pretty good reason to not exceed that goal. He's back at it this year, though, and he's 80. He's awesome. awesome. I'm figuring out what my goal for the rest of the year will be. One thing I know, it won't be 6,000. No. I I Way to go, Marty.
0: I I think um, 3,600 should be a good goal. For yeah. for somebody that's maybe just getting into it, thirty six hundred would be good. Um, to be able to do that, um, I do have an update on where I am after month one. If okay, you okay. So well, thirty one days. Thirty one days. Read this final e- email. Oh, then. no, we got more than one final, oh, okay.
1: more than one email coming. How many you we're, got? Six thousand. So is well, that for the it. face segment? You want me to save it?
0: Save no, the question? no, this is this motivational. So, so segment. let me see
1: now. We're at uh, we're at a day. You want me to just do January? This is uh, no this is uh, yeah
0: up up to January.
1: Okay, so 31 days in January and I think you got to go 16 miles a day. 16.5
0: miles a day, 500 obviously 500 miles per month. 500 a month. Now, I want to So yeah, 496
1: so, actually to be exact. Here's the
0: thing, so I have certain goals, certain goals in mind each day and I want people to be able to count this. So if I don't, if I'm not at my goal, like at nine o'clock at night, I'll start walking around the house until I get to my goal. I'll start going up and down steps, or I'll take steps to Step get goal. Or you have no, a pedometer miles, that measures. No, my pedometer. Miles. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, and uh, actually, I'm a little sore. I had to call Uncle Bill over at Orthopedic One. Hey, by
1: the way, um, I was at a women's basketball game at uh, Jonathan Alder a few days ago. Ran into a player who's injured, and she's a she's a player, and she's a excellent softball player going to youngstown state on scholarship
0: for basketball or for softball, softball.
1: Mm-hmm. state champion jonathan alder pioneers in softball d2 so i i asked her about her injury and she said i have a back injury and i said she says i'm getting treatment la la la. she said she's getting treatment at orthopedic one yeah i said dr fitz mm-hmm. and she goes yeah he's awesome
0: he he's, I said they,
1: yes he is dr bill fitz
0: i tell you he's i'm Chris's brother in law. Yeah, he's my brother in law, Stephanie's oldest sister's husband, and I've known him for 20 years. And I thank God for him and how lucky I am to have a physician, especially one that practices physical medicine and mm-hmm. specializes in backs. Uh, he's been great. And if you have a back issue, go to Orthopedic One and see Dr. Fitz. He's the best. Um, so on January 31st, my day included. Weights, total body, 13.5-mile uh, ride, 3.5-mile run-walk. On January 31st, when I entered that, my total was 654 miles point 0.1. So I am 154 miles ahead of schedule. Then I decided to up it because it was a Super Bowl, so I, I uh, sentenced myself um, to a uh, 30-plus-mile day yesterday to yeah. punish myself for never playing the We're game never playing and game. not being a good enough broadcaster to call the game. <laughs> As of February 2nd, I am at 711 miles point five. Excellent. So I'm well ahead of schedule. Yes, you are. Punish
1: yourself to review for never playing in the Super Bowl. And I quote, not being a good enough broadcaster to broadcast it.
0: Correct. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. A little face segment on self-image. Here's uh, email, podcast at gmail.com from Zachary. Uh, He says, I'm catching up on recent episodes. You asked what motivates or drives us spiritually, mentally, et cetera, and thought my motivation would be beneficial. When my grandpa was growing up, he always said he always knew if they had a good year financially on the farm that his mom and dad would get their 14 kids all fruit as Christmas presents, when most years they got nothing. I always think about that when I'm down or stressed Mm. out with various things going on in my life, that no matter how hard times get, I can still afford fruit. Spiritually, I was listening to Paul Washer, and he was talking to young adults that were recently converted, as I was two years ago at Easter. He said, you'll get this thought in your head to change the world, become a missionary, and try to convert every unsaved person you meet. (laughs) He said, what you need to do is take a breath and study. And that is absolutely true. It's not to say that you don't need to try to convert others, but it's to say that you got to feed yourself first. That's Zachary, and Zachary is with UT's Farm Market, which is uh, out here in Plain City near (laughs) my home. And I will tell you – UT's Farm Market, you will save a ton of money on your uh, deli meats, cheeses, and all those things. I'm not trying to get a sponsorship. I'm just saying uh, it's a cool place. You'll enjoy it.
0: Um, I just want to make maybe one clarification off of your comment and his comment. Mm -hmm. You you or Zachary or me aren't going to convert anybody. Absolutely right. Okay, so the Holy Spirit will convert. You can plant seeds. Yeah, you can, You can like a farmer, like your grandfather, you can have a good year. Now, you don't know what your harvest may be until you're at home, home being heaven, but you can certainly plant those seeds, yes.
1: Uh, and uh, this is a response from David, who we talked about his email the other day on the uh, faith segment, and mm-hmm. David says, I just want to let you know that I finished the podcast, and your words and advice literally brought me to tears of joy. God works in amazing ways. I'm so grateful for Or today. Uh, May God bless the both of you and perhaps we'll meet one day soon. Regards, Dave.
0: What was the, uh, was that regarding fear? Was that the email regarding fear that I happened to do a little morning study on before I came over? Remember that?
1: I do. Yes, I believe that was it.
0: Yeah. That was remarkable. I went home. I told some people about that. That we're doing a face segment on this podcast. And it's really forced me, okay, if I'm going to do a face segment, so like I invest in anything and prepare for anything, I've needed to up my game in preparation. So that's forced me to uh, research, to uh, look at different thoughts. I mean, I, I don't limit myself to just one person's commenta- biblical commentary. Mm-hmm. I look at it and then I apply it to myself, then I write my own notes down and it was just a remarkable thing that the day before i started doing a study on fear and i brought it in i brought my notebook in and david's email popped up on fear and we gave a whole presentation on well not a whole presentation we gave 10 minutes to to what fear is and how to approach fear as a christian so i'm I'm glad we were able to help in that regard.
1: Absolutely, Uh, as we do. And this uh, is where we'll transition into the faith portion of the podcast. We appreciate those of you who stick with it and listen to it. And we invite your input, podcast at gmail.com. And um, you can also offer your thoughts on a review at uh, iTunes. You can follow us on Instagram. We have a Facebook page, SpielmanHooley Facebook page. Yes, we do. Who runs that? Uh, I run that. Who runs the Instagram? uh, I run the Instagram. Who Although, run,
0: what's What are the girls? I mean, what's the Hooli family doing? Are, they, the, are any run, of them doing anything? They run the website. okay
1: they run and, <laughs> and I think, um, again, we made a plea a couple weeks ago for um, any of you who are in uh, need of a uh, digital social media person, that Lori Schmidt, uh, our former colleague at The Fan, our former mm-hmm. colleague at The Zone, is available, and Lori would be a wonderful addition to your company. Um, and I think Lori is going to start uh, doing some things with me on SI.com. Okay. And I think Lori is going to start doing some things here on the Spielman & Hooley podcast nice. to, like, to help us hopefully grow the podcast. So we're looking forward to uh, uh, continuing our association with Lori, but we would love to see you uh, as a business owner. Reach out to us, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll get you in touch with Lori because you will not find a more conscientious worker, a more talented worker, a more collegial, helpful person than mm-hmm. Lori Schmidt.
0: Yeah. You're all for it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, would you like to lead right, off? Uh, go ahead. You can go first. Well, Yesterday today.
0: I had the privilege
1: of uh, teaching uh, at Northwest Chapel, 6700 Rings Road. Uh, we worship there. We'd love to meet you if you'd like to come and worship there. Uh, they have a 930 service. They have an 11 o'clock service, and they'll have, um, they call it ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship. Uh, in both hours. So you can, if you want to have your service first and your adult Bible study second, you can, or if you want to do it the mm-hmm. opposite way, you can do that. Uh, and so we've been teaching uh, in our class. We rotated among several uh, other people in the class on the parables of Jesus. And yesterday was my op- uh, my time to teach, and we'd gone through uh, all the biggies, you know, prodigal son and things that everyone knows. And there's always been a parable that's uh, flummoxed me. I have no idea, like, really what it means. Ooh, I'm excited
0: to hear this. It's kind of
1: odd parable where it's called the, in various ways, it's called the parable of the shrewd manager, Mm -hmm. uh, the unjust uh, steward. And basically the parable is that uh, a guy is managing the affairs of a rich man, Mm -hmm. and the rich man finds out that the guy is not doing his job well, Mm -hmm. and he says, I'm firing you. But he lets him continue in the job for long enough for the manager to call in the guys who owe the owner money and say, well, you owe him, and I'm paraphrasing all this, well, you owe him a million bucks? Just write down you owe him a half a million. And then he calls in another guy and he goes, oh, you owe him 750 grand? Just write down you owe him 400 grand. Mm -hmm. And then the owner finds out about this and he commends the guy. He says, hey, you're pretty shrewd, pretty shrewd businessman. So that's always like why is why are we commending dishonest activity? Yeah. Okay, Jesus then makes the point, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money and that the people of this world are wiser with their uh, worldly riches than the mm. people the children of light are with riches for the kingdom of God. So I chose that parable cuz I didn't understand it and the parables are so deep in their meaning, the deeper you dig the more meaning you're going to find. And what I believe Uh, came to me through the wisdom of the other people in the class and through my study is that uh, we can use our blessings to bless others. And I put it in my own time, my own frame of reference, okay? And you all know a year ago, this coming Friday, the zone folded. Well, when you lose your job and you don't know how you're going to provide for your family, it focuses you, brother. (laughs) <laughs> like, what am I going to do to pay the bills? How are we going to keep from losing our house? Yeah, it's what, scary. It's scary. It's, and it's honestly still scary. And and what came to me was, yeah, Bruce, you lost your job. And boy, all of a sudden you got like, hey, real purposeful about let's network with this guy and let's network with that guy. And let's do this and let's do that. And let's try this and let's try that. And let's, uh, uh, let's learn how to do a podcast. Let's learn how to edit stuff. So... What came to me was, that's important, paying your bills, that's godly, but what's really important, Bruce, your relationship with me, if losing your job called you to account on how you're going to like purposefully plan and make sure you can pay your bills, why have you been so lazy and like, eh, I got time to read the Bible today, nah, I don't have time, nah, I'd rather play golf, No, I'd rather do this, nah, I got time, mm-hmm. it's like, I can't put my relationship with Christ in second place to anything, even paying my bills. So he's talking about in the parable, you know, this guy, this manager was worried about, oh, I, I'm too proud to beg and I'm too weak to dig. I don't want to do manual labor. I got to find a way. So I'm going to cut a deal with all these people and hopefully get in their good stead so they'll take care of me when I'm out of work. This guy was scheming to take care of himself mm-hmm. in earthly matters. God is saying to me through this parable, don't forget, brother, I'll take care of all that other stuff. I promise to, like, I clothe the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. I'll take care of that. But you better take care of things you can't tidy up at the end. You know, you can't borrow spiritually. You can't borrow from someone else's spirituality to pay your spiritual bill in terms of a relationship with me. Only you can do that, Bruce, and so you better be focused on on that.
0: So, I'm going to ask you a difficult question. Yeah. Is that okay that I ask Absolutely. you a question?
1: Yes, that's great.
0: Do you think God allowed this challenge in your life for the sole reason of refocusing you on your relationship with God or? Are there are other ways to get refocused. Or do you think that some people would say, well, maybe this is just a circumstance, Bruce, I know. Yeah. that oh. has happened in your life? Now, maybe God prevented you or presented, excuse me, presented you a choice. What are you going to do with this particular challenge that has happened in your life? Yes, God knew this was challenge was coming your way. Maybe He's just seeing how you're going to respond. Is that possible?
1: I believe 100% this is an outgrowth. This is I look at this as a demonstration of God's love to me, okay. that he allowed my job to go away. Now, I don't know why he did it because it wasn't just me. It was you, Stan. Yeah. It was, you know, fortunately. a lot of people. Fortunately, you know, Eric and uh, Matt were reabsorbed to 610. I, a campy was reabsorbed. But, you know, it's yes. The answer to your question is yes, I believe God allowed it. Here's why. I believe that. A year ago at this time, I think I've said this before, but I'll bears repeating because sure it's the does. answer to your question. I was praying for my marriage to get better, my relationship with my children to get better, my relationship with God to get better. I was not satisfied with any of the three. Wasn't getting divorced, wasn't cheating. All, no. Just I knew my marriage was not achieving, and I was not the kind of father, the kind of husband, the kind of person, the kind of disciple that I had the potential to be. But honestly, I'll plead the wimpy, crummy morning schedule when you get up at 3.30 and you work and you're tired when you get off work and you work out and that makes you more tired and you come home and you take a nap and you wake up groggy and then it's four or five o'clock in the afternoon and I want to spend time with my girls And I want to do whatever you know, whatever I want to do. And then it's eight o'clock or eight thirty, and you got to get to bed, and you start the cycle all over again. There's always room for personal time with God. I didn't make it. I didn't make room for personal time with God, and all those important relationships in my life suffered. Driving home from the zone after getting the meeting that we were ending the zone, I am glad that the Holy Spirit put on my heart. Well now you have time. And, so, yeah. and and I called home and my wife said, Well, this you know, God must be doing something here in yeah. your in our lives. I had I thank God for the wisdom of a wife who didn't say, Oh my goodness, how are we going to pay? There was never any panic in her. Ever. Mm-hmm. There never has been. It's amazing. God has used in my life, I'm hard headed, I'm stubborn, I'm snarky and not nice a lot of times. God You're has better.
0: Been,
1: I'm better, but I can get better. God has used economic uncertainty and the loss of job and moving me to Cleveland, which I consider job uncertainty. That was how he provided a job, but he provided he put me through adversity living apart from my family five yeah. days a week. God has used job adversity in my life three times to get my attention.
0: That's you're, you're actually—that's very interesting. I didn't know that. That's not a coincidence. Not a coincidence
1: because I'm stubborn because the first two times after relocking in and re-engaging with him and growing with him and feeling like, ah, that's what that was about. Okay, I get it now. I allowed myself, I'm taking the full blame, mm-hmm. to drift again, to drift again. So I can't sit here and guarantee you I won't drift again. Yeah. I've shown a propensity to drift again. But here's what I can tell you with certainty on February, what, 3rd, 2020, today? Yes. Everything in my life I was praying about a year ago. I want my relationship with my wife to get better, want my relationship with my daughters to get better, want my relationship with God to get better. Everything in my life is demonstrably better Good. and stronger. The only thing that isn't is our finances. Yeah, they're not better. They're way worse. Mm-hmm. But if you had come to me a year ago, four days ahead of the time when my radio when our radio station folded and said, Hey Bruce you can have close relationship with your wife where you guys feel like you're on the same page and you're moving in the right direction you can have a close relationship with your daughters and be invested in their life and understand those little inside jokes that they make in the van because now you have a time to spend time with them and mm. they're private previously they were laughing at things when we'd take a road trip somewhere and I'd sit there like I'm a stranger in my own house i'm sleeping through valuable family time at night and i'm like i'm 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 a stranger in my own house that's a better relationship if you have said hey you can have better marital relationship better relationship with your daughters and you can feel like every morning when you open the bible there's a chance it'll change your life because you and god are aligned and you're hearing from him hey bruce would you take a 65 to 70 percent hit financially to make all those things happen <laughs> without hesitation because i know what's important i would have said yes absolutely i absolutely would so it's not my it's not the course of action i would have chosen but I'm grateful for the course of action that God allowed in my life because I firmly believe the other stuff will figure itself out.
0: So the financial yeah. stuff will figure itself out. So you got nothing you wanted, but everything you needed. Yep. <laughs> so.
1: Well, I got everything. Well, you wanted, I got it, right? everything I wanted and everything I yeah. needed, and I'm not getting evicted, so everything's yeah. fine. Everything's fine.
0: Do you? Uh, do you want me to share today, or please do you want to? No, please All do. All right, I'll give you your choice of what you have today. Because I'm doing all these things, emotions. I guess I'm doing some. I, I turned into an emotional dude, so I started thinking about emotional. Did I do doubt yet? I did fear. I didn't you did do fear. Doubt. I don't think okay. you did doubt. I no. got doubt from you to choose from. I have. How about doubt?
1: Because that dovetails with what we just talked okay. about. Okay. You could. You know. Yeah. I hit have with hope.
0: Big... <laughs> we okay. could do. I have anger, and I have action. Let's
1: Which... do hope or uh, or doubt.
0: All right, I'll do doubt. Okay. Fear of doubt or doubt, natural common human emotion, right? We just talked about that. I mean, I can't imagine. I've gone through doubt, something that uh, everybody goes through. I think especially as husbands and fathers in in the interest of providing both Mm -hmm. uh, spiritually, financially, and to be a leader as a husband and father, I think we often uh, uh, struggle with that. It certainly can lead to spiritual paralysis, which we've talked about, and in doubt. Um, actually, I've already done doubt. I'm sorry. That was fear and doubt. I, okay. I, 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 I'm sorry. It's I, all right. I apologize. I will go to hope. Okay. Strike that from the record, Your Honor. Okay. <laughs> hope is a must-have to joy. It's kind of like a quarterback in the center, right? You yeah. can't have they can't. It, if you don't have hope, it's impossible to have real everlasting joy. Yeah. You can have a, a two-minute self-gratification joy or whatever, but you can't have real joy. Hope is a confident expectation. Hope is not a wish. Christian hope is, a, is, a, is an assurance of things to come, hope that is ensured by our faith if we have faith in God. Then hope in God is a promise, not a wish. Hope in God is knowing you will never be abandoned, that's the key. You'll never be abandoned, and God has a future in this life and in the next life. Hope is it, uh, hope is a, a giver. It gives peace. It gives understanding. It gives love. It gives patience. It gives kindness. It gives the ability of forgiveness. Hope practice puts into actions God's virtues. Hope is one essential we must have to live the admirable goal of being more Christlike. Godly hope will not be shaken by nasty circumstances, which you have. You have godly hope. It does not waver because God does not waver. Almost all things that are good, hope is present. Faith in God shows hope, lets you live in hope, which lets you love in God, which means you live in hope, hope that is not a wish but a promise. And from Romans 15 13, St. Paul desired that God of hope full uh, fill you with, with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So, yeah. and um, and that's what I want people to understand. So, hope. When we hear in secular terms, hope is, oh, I I hope my team wins, or it's a I, wish. Ho- I hope I get. A, yeah. yeah, hope is a wish, and there's nothing wrong with having wishes. I wish, I do secular hoping probably. Four hours a day, I would say you know, <laughs> but the hope that God promises is is um uh from even we talk about romans fifteen thirteen there but jeremiah twenty nine you know a hope uh that is a promise of not only uh good things to come on this earth but the biggest hope in the promises, and it keep it keeps going back to this after every study that I do. God is talking to us from an an eternal perspective. Mm -hmm. He's also has, you know, today in mind and tomorrow in mind and molding and shaping us and letting us grow and grow in our faith and all that good stuff. But everything is for, for eternity and for eternal perspective. So I wish everybody hope today that you have hope, hope that is not a wish, but hope that is a promise and find it and trust it and live in it.
1: Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that's dead on. You know, that hope is, uh, godly hope is that certainty that um, good things are coming. And, um, you know, in terms of, does it require faith? Yeah, it does. Faith is trust. So where does that trust come from? You know, for me, it was, I'm very thankful that I was raised in a Christian home and then I had enough of a base under me to go back to the truth. I had a conversation with a friend yesterday I was going through some very difficult times and... I just said, you know, when you get desperate, you need to focus on what you know is true. You know God loves you. You know God's faithful. You know God's unchanging. And when you're troubled, you know, focus on those certainties, those truths in your life. And if you have the hope that we have, it'll be a comfort to you. Enjoyed it. Wednesday, Spiels and I back. We'll talk about uh, the Big Ten transfer rule and Baker. Baker Mayfield, yes. Humbled. Humble Baker Mayfield. Still two days things could change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah, to get snarky. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go repent.
1: <laughs> Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you then.